clothes on and get ready for an amazing new episode. What's up guys? Welcome back to White Coats Podcast. Today in Season 3, Episode 3, Lauren and I will be diving into the second pillar of wellness. In our previous episode, we spoke about nutrition. Next up is sleep. So Lauren, why don't you give us a little intro? What is sleep? Why is it important? Give us all the good stuff. So, to define sleep, it's the natural periodic or temporary state of absence of wakefulness by the loss of consciousness of one's surroundings. It's typically accompanied by some sort of body posture, like with your eyes closed or lying down. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if you knew this, but there are five stages of sleep. Interesting. And each stage has different, it's like different levels of depth, um, and each one has different body functions to Honestly, go along with it. Honestly, this part is really cool because it's very like psychological, very mm-hmm. like into the brain. Like, right. I, I learned about this a little bit in the past, but yeah. I'm really interested to see all the details. Yeah, so first stage is stage one. So this is non-REM sleep, and I'll get into what REM means, but this is pretty much when you begin to fall asleep, you are only in the stage for a few minutes. This is when your heartbeat, your breathing start to slow down, your muscles relax, and you produce alpha and theta brainwaves. So pretty much what are brainwaves? This is just how active your brain is. Alpha means it's very, very active. Theta means it's a little less active. We should bring Derek Shepard in for an episode. <laughs> so <interview> him. <laughs> next, we have stage two. This is also non-REM sleep. This is a period of light sleep before you enter that really deep sleep. This lasts for about 25 minutes. During this stage, your heartbeat and breathing slow even further. Um, There's no eye movements going on, your body temperature drops, and you have something called sleep spindles. This is where your brain waves spike up and down, so your body's kind of adjusting. Stages three and four, these are the final stages of non-REM sleep, Um, and these are the deepest stages. So stage three and four, they're known as like the slow wave or the delta sleep. So your body performs a variety of important health promoting tasks in final non-REM stages. So during the stage three and four, you, your heartbeat and breathing are at its slowest rate, no eye movement. And really there's a lot of, your tissues are being, are recovering. So there's a lot of repairing growth going on, cell regeneration occurs, your immune system strengthens, and I'll get into how that works later. And your body is just fully relaxed. So last we have stage five, REM sleep. So this is rapid eye movement. That's what what REM stands for? Yeah, that's what REM stands for. And so this is the stage, it occurs about 90 minutes after you fall asleep, so like an hour and a half. And it is the primary dreaming stage of sleep. This is when, when when you're dreaming and your brain is working, but obviously your body's still fully relaxing. REM sleep, it lasts for about like 10 minutes the first time, but there's a cycle. So you keep doing, going in and out of it. This is why you may have multiple dreams in one night. In one night. So this is the dream stage. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, you might start off with a 10 minute cycle and then the last cycle could be 60 minutes. So it gradually increases over time. During the stage, eye movements become rapid. Breathing and heart rate increases. Your limb muscles are temporarily um, paralyzed, but some twitches may occur 
and your brain activity is increased. And also, when you Whoa. fall asleep, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's fascinating that you're sleeping, but eye movements are rapid, yeah. and your breathing and heart rate are increased. Yeah, and but you're but you're paralyzed at the so same time. So in this stage, because you know sometimes like when you're asleep, mm. you move around in the middle of the night, or like yeah. you have you mm-hmm. roll over to the other side of the yeah. bed. So this stage, you're just not moving. Right. So this is this is like. So when you're rolling over or whatever, that could be stages one through three, one through four. Mm-hmm. But in when you're rapid eye movement stage, REM sleep, you are pretty much paralyzed. You might twitch or whatever, but for the most part, yeah, you're paralyzed. No like major mm-hmm. movements. And then also when you fall asleep at night, you cycle through all of these stages of sleep multiple times, roughly every 90 minutes or so. So think about, yeah. So you're in and out of this. Yeah. So let's just say you're sleeping for eight hours. You could go through this, what, like five, six times or something where you go stage one, two, three, four, five. And that's, and so not only are there stages or cycles within stage five, but there's another five stages that you rotate through. So your body is, or at least your brain is pretty active throughout the night, which is interesting. Yeah, you would think that you're just relaxed. You're yeah, not, nothing's going on. Yeah, but you're but really your brain is. It's very having a blast. Yeah, <laughs> it's very structured. So you're probably like, why is sleep important? So yeah, why is sleep important? So there are a couple things. Um, sleep is vital for neuroplasticity, which mm. is the brain's ability to adapt yeah. to sort of recognize the changes going around you, going mm. on around you. It also contributes to retention of information. So, yeah. so if you get a good night of sleep, you're more likely to learn something and then retain it throughout the rest of your day or your week or whatever yeah. that may and be. To, just to add on to this, I actually learned mm-hmm. about neuroplasticity in my positive psychology class Mm -hmm. and neuroplasticity actually decreases with age and we're you're gonna see when we speak about how much sleep do we need Mm -hmm. in the different age groups when you're younger you're more able to retain more information Mm -hmm. or learn new things and so that contributes goes which is the neuroplasticity which has a huge correlation to your sleep and the amount of time you sleep and that's why younger people or babies toddlers they sleep much longer than an adult interesting i did not know that yeah so and this is also important you know a lot of people think oh i'm gonna stay up so late studying but but they could have just gotten a full night's sleep and retained the information that they learned before before going to bed as opposed to staying up really late learning a bunch of new information whatever that may be but then in the morning they're not going to retain it mm-hmm. so it's sort of a waste of time you might as well go to bed earlier and then start start fresh in the morning right. and you're more likely to retain it at night interesting so some other benefits of a good night's sleep better productivity concentration better athletic performance which is interesting because you have more energy your mm-hmm. your body's sense, moving faster yeah. better mental functioning better coordination lowers the risk for heart disease there's also more social and emotional intelligence and i'm like how how does a good night of sleep affect that yeah but it's because you're more likely to be able to focus and comprehend other people's emotions mm-hmm. which is very interesting because i didn't even think about that right. and also like the same way some people 
like you heard that term cranky, you know, yeah. when they're like really tired, you're more irritable as well. So you're less likely to yeah. have better, like more positive conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Also, it can help lower inflammation and it creates a stronger immune system because pretty much in sleep, like I said, it's sort of the regenerative stage of your day. It's mm-hmm. really repairing, regenerating, and recovering your body. Right. So, Ariel, how much sleep do we really need? And you were talking about how different age groups yeah. need different um, amounts. amounts. Of sleep. Yeah. Right. Um, so, just these are more of a rule of thumb, of course. Mm-hmm. For each person, it varies. Um, some people, you know, can function from very little sleep or they need a lot of sleep. So this is more of a rule of thumb, just uh, putting it out there. But a toddler, someone uh, from a young age, you know, gets probably around 11 to 12 hours of sleep, which is half of your day almost. Wow. So yeah. they're asleep a lot of the time, right? They need to rest their immune system, their emotion emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. all these stuff like you're starting to develop you're very very young it's important for your brain to rest and get that get that time you know Mm -hmm. it's i feel like sleep when after you explained it and you explained it really well it's more of like your alone time with your brain like Mm. it's just your brain yeah when you're when you're going throughout the day and or like I don't know, let's say you're hungry, you want food, you know, it's more taking care of your stomach, or you want to work out, you're taking care of how you feel, your muscles, your body, all this stuff. The sleep is very focused on just your brain. Yeah, and your brain is the the control center. Right, it's the control center of your body, and it's imperative that we take care of that. Very, very Just just as much as you take care of, like, your stomach. If you're hungry, you eat. Exactly. Um, Just anything. Yeah, and of course, it's not just that, and it has a lot of different, you know, it's just not for your stomach or not just for your brain, but I feel like it is very focused on that. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important from a young age, you're sleeping, like, 50% of your day. Mm -hmm. Then, um younger kids in preschool you know they're about 10 to 13 hours of sleep so a little uh, bigger of a range but still um 10 to 13 hours still a good amount of hours definitely then grade school like you know elementary school up until i would say about like sixth seventh grade Mm -hmm. you should be getting from nine to twelve hours of sleep okay that is still up to 50 percent of your day so a good amount of sleep yeah in the teenage years you should be getting about eight to ten hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. That was a shocker for me because so I don't get to, anything no. close to eight hours. We need of to sleep. work on it. Honestly, getting enough sleep is a conscious effort. It, it really like, you is. You need to be like last night. I had to be like, okay, I need to stop. I'm gonna stop studying. I'm gonna stop watching YouTube or whatever, and I'm gonna go to sleep. Right. It's so hard. It's so it's so easy to like stay up as late no, as possible. No, it definitely is. It definitely is. And there's a lot of things that contribute to your sleep. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes you're like, well, I can't control it if I wake up in the middle of the night, or what do I do? Yeah. I can't fall asleep. Well, there's actually a lot of things in your environment that affect your sleep. Yeah, and, and I don't we'll want to spoil into... too much. No, no, no. no spoiler alerts we, here. We gotta increase the suspense. Yeah, you know, of course, of course. <laughs> but we're, we will be getting into that because yeah. honestly, it's really interesting mm-hmm. and really important. Yeah, but also some people can't just change their environment and stuff. To, right. to get a good night of sleep because maybe they have um, sleep disorders. Of course. And I believe later on we're going to yeah, get into right. that. And, you know, a lot of those are treatable so that you guys can hopefully get a good night of sleep. Yeah. Okay, adults. How much adults, sleep do they need? Lastly, 
um, start at seven hours mm-hmm. or more. So wow. There's no real, real limit, but you have seven hours is the minimum mm-hmm. that you should sleep as an adult. Also, I want to point out, it's interesting to see how over time throughout your life, you need less sleep. Yeah. And, and this is sort of cool, sort of helpful in a way, because when you're a toddler, you can pretty much sleep all day. You know, when you're an adult, you have work to do. You have toddlers to take care of. You know, you spend more of your time awake, working, cooking, whatever you need to do. But when you're a preschooler or whatever, you you can spend more of your time sleeping. Mm -hmm. So it's it's honestly a little relieving to see that as an adult, you don't necessarily need 12 hours of sleep. Yeah, you can you can function off seven. Yeah, you can function off seven for sure, and. Not only that, but you actually, you grow, of course, over the years. Your brain develops. Mm -hmm. You learn. You have to do more things. You're more responsible. So also, not only, like, it's important to, you know, like, get um, a well-rested sleep, but when you're able to get that in a shorter amount of time, the older you are. Yeah. And you need less brain development when you're an adult versus when you're a toddler when you're still yeah, sort of, of developing. Course. So, so how important is quality? Okay. Of so sleep? this is really important because someone could sleep 12 hours, but if the quality is not good, mm. then you didn't have a good night's sleep, right? So, you would rather have better quality sleep than quantity of right. sleep. Right. So, how do you measure quality, quality of sleep? Quality. So, if your sleep is fragmented or non-restorative, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, yeah. you can get the proper hours of sleep but still feel tired. Meaning, if you wake up in the middle of the night, if your brain isn't fully mm-hmm. um, relaxed, you yeah. know, like you can wake up tired. I mean, how many times have you woken up and you're yeah. exhausted? You know, may not mm-hmm. just be from fragmented sleep because what if you wake up in one of like a deep sleep you're in the middle of a deep sleep and let's say stage what was it five or four um those are the deeper yeah the deeper sleeps and uh you wake up in the middle you're gonna feel a little tired but fragmented sleep definitely does contribute to that because you know you're not really getting a full quality full rested night and i just want to define restorative sleep because i i didn't do that earlier so but i talked about the five stages so restorative sleep is the it's okay is the completion of all five stages uh of sleep like i said before and and this is pretty much where the chemical changes that occur like within your body within a 24-hour period those that allows the brain and body body systems to recover so that's what restorative sleep is if you go through all those five stages of sleep you got a good night of sleep thanks for defining (laughs) um now studies show that actually getting under seven hours of sleep alters your body's Mm -hmm. ability to function so we know that if you don't get enough sleep you're tired but why well, yeah. your brain actually doesn't have enough time to relax and shut mm-hmm. off and go through these and stages. And your body can't recover. And it yeah. can't recover. It's not enough time. So you can't function at, you know, the optimal mm-hmm. stages. Yeah. And like, so I think s- seven is the cutoff, right? Like you need to get at least seven hours of sleep. And yeah. But what that thing about quality over quantity is if you're getting four hours, just try to get in 
the and obviously i don't re recommend that just try to get in the highest quality make sure your um your environment is optimized mm -hmm. for the most relaxed optimal state of sleep pretty much okay now lauren mm -hmm. what happens to your body when we sleep what happens to your brain your heart yeah why don't you explain that so please? so pretty much i i sort of broke it down in the stages but when you're in the rem stage your rapid eye movement sleep so this is like when we dream it happens towards the end of the night versus slow wave sleep is in earlier in the night when your when your brain is still your heart rate is still decreasing and everything mm -hmm. so there are two main processes that regulate sleep you have circadian rhythms and you have sleep drive so first thing sleep drive just like your appetite just like sex drive is when your body craves sleep so this is just throughout the day you know your desire for sleep builds as you get more and more tired fun fact when you're exhausted, your body can engage in micro sleep episodes of a couple seconds while your eyes are open. Whoa. Yeah. So when you're tired, I'm going to repeat I that. I feel like it's happened to me before. It definitely has. It, it definitely very, has. I like it's consciously common. notice because I feel like I just fell asleep for like a second. Yeah. But even when your eyes are open, That's how so weird. Insane. Like when your eyes are open, when you're fully conscious, you fall asleep for one to two seconds. It's crazy. Also, napping for 30 plus minutes towards the end of your day can decrease your body's sleep drive and throw off your night's sleep. So it's not good to nap towards right. the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, but also shorter naps, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard, oh, power naps. Yeah. You know, right. like it, it could be helpful to get sort of shorter naps just yeah. to give your body some time to rest for a bit and then get your get your day no, going course. again earlier towards the earlier yeah. sometimes when i'm day. really tired and i take a nap at like 7 p.m yeah. it's horrible and then i don't fall asleep until like, like three in the morning yeah 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 so next process is circadian rhythms so this is sort of controlled by i'm gonna use like a metaphor here like by a biological clock pretty much mm -hmm. and so it in the brain and it responds to light cues and those light cues ramp up hormone production at night and then it sort of switches off like an alarm clock or whatever when it senses light during the day so so it's almost like well it is like a biological clock mm -hmm. that when it sees light outside it switches off that hormone production or that increase of hormone production and when it's nighttime and it's dark it responds to that cue and increases the hormone production at night. One thing. Okay. We always sleep with the lights off. We don't go to sleep mm -hmm. with our lights on. Yeah, and this is why. And no, like, if, no, if you would have asked me, like, why? I'd be like, I don't know. Nobody knows. Like, I don't Circadian know. rhythms. That's really, why. Really, really cool. That's and why. it's also, we're going to speak a little bit about this later in the sleeping disorders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So also maybe that that's why it could be helpful to to instead of like napping for long periods throughout the day if it's really light outside you're not gonna get full the deep the depth of sleep that you yeah. really want you're not gonna get that restorative sleep you know if you're napping throughout the day and it's still light outside so you it's really helpful to sleep fully at night yeah that's why obviously it helps to work during the day and to get all your things done during the day 
as opposed yeah, to definitely yeah so let's talk about the effect of you know blue lights i know blue light glasses yeah. are kind of a trend right now because yeah. everybody is on zoom <laughs> and everything they're always on their computers so let's talk about like technology's effect on your sleep and okay. nutrition yeah. as well yeah so this is a big part of your sleep especially for teenagers for students yeah. um really anybody honestly yeah. nowadays mm-hmm. um but it is crazy because it does have a big effect on sleep so right off the bat the bright screen lights that come from your devices so from phones computers ipads anything um first and foremost increase your alertness yeah. right just like you're looking just like you're outside and there's bright lights mm-hmm. from the sun right. there's, or, or lights or whatever, you have a bright light on your phone. So activities on such devices could be stimulating and make us less ready for sleep. Right, because when you're alert, your body is not naturally relaxing as it usually does. Just like when you drink coffee, it's going to be hard exactly. to fall asleep. 100%. Well, if you drink coffee like within the time period that you're planning on yeah, falling yeah. asleep because your body's so alert and awake, it needs time to to process and and calm down. Yeah. So another way technology can affect our sleep is because a lot of us get distracted. We're on our phones or technology late at night. Maybe we're watching TV. We're, you know, addicted to Mm -hmm. our new Netflix series. Right. Um, And we just get distracted. Yeah. And we end up losing track of time and we go to sleep and, oh, it's the middle of the night. Yeah. You know? So a lot of effects on your sleep which is really crazy mm-hmm. also of course if you are on your phone or computer for many hours throughout the night you will get fewer hours of sleep yeah of course you know mm-hmm. so blue light what is blue light well mm-hmm. blue light is found in devices that use basically like your screen your computer yeah, screen like artificial phone. light yeah exactly artificial light and interestingly enough blue light blocks melatonin now, mm-hmm. melatonin is a hormone that makes you sleepy. This Got is it. your sleep hormone. Yeah. So, like, some people take, like, melatonin supplements. Yeah. Like- so, it is suggested not to look at technology for two to three hours before bed. Now, this is a jaw dropper. Ugh, yeah. Because I don't do it. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> that's so hard because, <laughs> Two you to know, three hours? Like, that's Jesus. a long time. Because I'm, like, studying or watching TV. Whatever you I'm may like, be doing, oh, a tired. lot of our lives right now especially, yeah. but in general, is, you know, around technology. Because what else are you doing before bed besides watching TV or studying right. or I like or shopping? Help, like, I, I don't know. We're it's difficult, but we'll we'll get into what you yeah, can Lauren, do. Sort give, me, of. give me a high five. Let's work on this. Yeah, we'll we'll we get into like some tips and stuff to yeah. like help. Oh out. yeah, definitely will. Um, as I said, these comes from your technology devices, yeah. computer, phones, anything with that or artificial anything. light. Anything with artificial light. Yeah, DS. <laughs> I don't know why the Wii, the Wii, right? All those Xbox, PS4, not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, not sponsored, not sponsored. Okay, yeah. so oh uh, no, blue light glasses are mm-hmm. actually glasses um, with a blue light shield that protect mm-hmm. your eyes from absorbing the light. This blue light. So I actually wear blue light when I'm in Zoom. A blue light glasses when I'm in Zoom doing school. And I feel like my eyes do feel a little... Actually, they do feel more well-rested. Now that I'm looking at a screen, it's very, like, 
it has a blue tone more of a cold feel with the blue light glasses it, it's much warmer so it mm-hmm. really does block right. that strength that um and it does make a difference in, yeah. in your sleep what's um, something else you can do like on your phone so exactly so let's say you don't have blue light glasses yeah. um apple i'm not sure about other devices but i know apple on your computer and your phone mm-hmm. you can turn on something that's called the night shift and okay. I didn't really realize what this was until we were preparing for this episode. Yeah, because I knew it existed. I know, but, but like, I didn't what know what do? was the purpose. I'm like, right? Is it just cool lighting? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but actually, what it does is it it makes the screen more of a warmer color, mm. so less of the harsh blue tone to it. Right. Um, especially, and it's called night shift because you know you can do this at night before you're going to sleep, and essentially what it's supposed to do is um decrease the exposure of blue light to your eyes also i just want to bring up how important this is right now like technology Mm -hmm. because we are in we are in like zoom central right now yeah school work everything is online concerts or yeah. on Zoom or on online. It's crazy. Yeah. And in addition to school itself, we're also studying after and we have homework assignments yeah. all on your computer. Everything. Right? Sending emails all on your computer, phone, watching TV. So I I remember hearing growing up, you know, limit your screen time to one to two hours. We are on our screens no, for like 10 yeah. hours, something insane like that. So it's very important. Do your best in between classes, in between clients, whatever you're doing mm-hmm. to get up, get away from your screen, put on some blue light glasses, make sure you have those warmer tones set on night shift before you're going to bed. It's so imperative right now. Definitely. So let's talk about nutrition. How does that link to sleep? Okay. So nutrition is very much linked to sleep. It is very important. Mm-hmm. We did talk about nutrition in the previous episode, um, but to get into its correlation to sleep, well, less fiber, more sugar, and more saturated fats are known to cause less restorative sleep and a lighter sleep. So you won't have those full five stages of sleep. Right. You won't get that deep sleep, which is not good because then when you wake up in the morning, you won't Got feel it. well rested. So have more fiber, limit sugar and saturated fats. Definitely. Okay. That would help a lot with sleep. Now, a poor diet can make you more stressed. Mm-hmm. And when you're stressed, your brain is functioning and going crazy going crazy you know? right yeah. so you don't it's harder to go from zero to 100 or 100 to zero yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and really let your brain shut off so it's much harder to fall asleep at night and lastly an unbalanced diet could cause spikes in your blood sugar which mm-hmm. lauren this is more your forte why don't you explain this yeah. to us a little so we talked about this last episode the effects of nutrition on your health and wellness and so when your blood sugar goes up really high due to you know a lot of sugar this can also cause a crash meaning your blood sugar is fully fluctuating throughout the night also by the way guys i'm type 1 diabetic that's how i know about this and i know that when my blood sugar is low it's quite an uncomfortable feeling so and this is also called hypoglycemia that's the official term medical term for it so pretty much when you're low you can have symptoms like sweating shaking uh, just feelings of weakness and and so 
if you guys might have felt this if you didn't eat all day and you're start, sort of starting to feel weak that can that's typically due to right. low blood sugar so that can the actual physical feelings can wake you up in your sleep right. which also can disrupt right your sleep cycle right which is it's important to get those five stages mm -hmm. and have them going throughout the night every hour and a half or so definitely and so also when your body, when your blood sugar is fluctuating, your body is reacting. Yeah. You know, your your pancreas is sending out is sending out insulin, and pretty much your body is like functioning more than it should, more than it needs to, as opposed to just you know regulating your blood sugar as it does throughout the day. Right. It is more. It's like more hyperactive than it should be at night when you should be resting. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily need to be diabetic, whether it be type right. 1 or 2, yeah. for this to... So true. Uh, ...disrupt your sleep and wake you up. And you could your blood sugar could go up or down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, without diabetes. With, exactly. That's, that's very important to note. Yeah. Very true. So let's talk about sleep disorders and treatment. So first off, we have insomnia. Many people may have heard this, but what does this really mean? Well, insomnia is persistently having problems falling asleep and staying asleep interesting yeah. that po that part about staying asleep is is important yeah because it's not just oh i can't fall asleep and then when you do you're fine throughout the night right it's it's more of a consistency thing exactly um this is highly highly linked to having mm -hmm. a poor diet poor exercise anxiety and depression so these mm -hmm. Yeah. do play a role that's so true those mental illnesses yeah. really contribute because yeah anxiety you know your body is like stressed yeah. and it's functioning the same way when we were talking about stress when it comes to when it comes to a poor diet makes yeah. you makes you more stressed you know it's harder to relax also i know people with ptsd suffer from this post-traumatic mm -hmm. stress disorder mm -hmm. and later and in a bit we're going to talk about the treatments of behavior therapy yeah uh like because behavior therapy cbt cognitive behavior behavioral therapy this is also used to treat depression anxiety ptsd and yep. i guess now in turn it can treat insomnia which yeah. is interesting yes so for treatments of insomnia, we do have behavior therapy. This is a type. Um, now we it, also depending on how severe it is, mm -hmm. you have also working on improving your sleeping yeah. habits, uh, sleeping supplements, and then you could be medicated right. with sleeping um, yeah. medication. So sleeping supplements may be uh, melatonin, which you right. can buy at a like, local drugstore. Mm -hmm. And then you can get into actual medicated. Yeah, if you go like, to your doctor, like a prescription. Yeah, prescription, exactly. Next, we have jet lag. Now, this is very common. Yeah. A lot of people do feel this, but this is considered a sleeping disorder, which was interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Now, this is specifically for people who travel in different yeah. time zones. So this is just, um, you know, having an effect on your sleep when you're traveling through yeah. a different time zone so very focused on that um your body is not in sync with the new time zone you're in kind of like you talked about your the clock yeah yeah your body your circadian rhythms can't exactly. sense oh it's light outside because right. it's not consistent it's exactly. not consistent 
consistently dark, meaning your body should sleep at the same times every night. Yeah. Because it's switching. So whether this may be traveling to um, from coast to coast mm-hmm. or worldwide, or worldwide, you you have a completely different clock wherever you're going, and it takes some time to mm-hmm. get used to this, and. Yeah. This can cause fatigue and lack of concentration. So sometimes, um, you know, let's say you're traveling to a new place. Um, right when you get there, you may have some trouble in the first couple of days getting used to it. It's depending on, you know, some people don't even suffer from jet lag at all. They can change in a second. And yeah. some people, for me, it takes like a few days. And like, you know, the thing about that is sometimes you go somewhere in a different time zone for a few days. So once you adjust, it's a time to go back home. Yeah, exactly. Also, I want to compare this to daylight savings. You guys know how hard it is when you lose when you lose an hour of sleep. So imagine it's like going to it's like going to another place, but you're you could lose ten hours of sleep. Yeah. Um, So it's really it's interesting to compare those two, and yeah, that's really interesting when you're traveling Mm -hmm. and. Like, how do you know when you're supposed to sleep when you're on the plane? Yeah. And they turn the lights off randomly. Right. But it's like 3 p.m. It's like, should I be sleeping right now? So, But is it 3 p.m. in the place you're going? Is it 3 p.m. in the place you're coming from? Yeah. Yeah. You kind of need to, if you know you're going to be traveling a lot, you kind of need to coordinate accordingly. You do. do. I I definitely, like, take that into consideration because Mm -hmm. this is... Also, relating to planes and sleep uh red eyes like when you sleep really late at night some people have trouble sleeping so maybe take a day flight if you you have trouble sleeping on airplanes yeah it could be helpful yeah now next we have obstructive sleep apnea Mm -hmm. we talked a little bit about osa Mm -hmm. in our previous season when we spoke about uh, Mm -hmm. correlations between uh, psychiatry and dentistry yeah um which was really cool. So what exactly is OSA? Well, this is having um, an intermediate airflow blockage during your sleep, which is kind of scary, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's hard to sleep like that. It is very hard to sleep, and it wakes you up a lot in the middle of the night, and um, sadly, a lot of people do suffer from this. I feel like it's more common, like, older age people. Yeah, it definitely is correlated to um, older ages and to... Um, obesity yeah which is really Mm -hmm. interesting um how do you treat that good question so treatment includes anything from some devices that hold pressure to your face Mm -hmm. your uh, or your nasal cavity which is your nose and it's a special mask and so this helps that depends exactly what the blockage is you also have myofunctional therapy which is just like therapies of the tongue and the mouth Mm -hmm. And then any oral devices or appliances that actually dentists now are making. We talked about that as well. And, of course, surgery as a last resort, depending on how extreme it is. But it's really interesting because a lot of the time you're sleeping and some of us may be like, oh, I never have, like, I never suffer from this, like, whatever. But Mm -hmm. some people, their tongue doesn't know, okay, stay back or stay down. Right, yeah. Because you're not fully conscious. You almost, in a way, are choking, like, yourself. Mm -hmm. Because of the block. By accident, exactly. And that's what wakes you up, and you wake up and, like, like, Mm -hmm. gasping for air. 
Yeah, that's that's really scary. Yeah, it, it really is. But luckily, there are treatments and ways to get rid of this or work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, which So if you do suffer from OSA, definitely go see your doctor or dentist to yeah, get some help. They can help you with that. Yeah. Great. Lastly, we have narcolepsy. What is narcolepsy? This is excessive daytime drowsiness. So... This is linked to genetics, abnormal brain signaling. You know, we talked a lot about how the brain is the control center. Um, let's say your your brain's clock isn't mm-hmm. fine-tuned, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you need to get it polished a yeah, little, yeah, you know? You gotta readjust. It definitely. <laughs> um, severe symptoms are loss of muscle tone or even hallucinations. Mm. Uh, treatments include stimulants antidepressants or other medications medications. this kind of reminded me of you know how people if if you take a lot of naps throughout the day especially for long long naps Mm -hmm. you know just like like you said narcolepsy is excessive daytime drowsiness so if you're sleeping throughout the day it's hard to to get going so like if you're drowsy throughout the day it's there's no point where your body adjusts and starts to fully relax right which is imperative for nighttime. Yeah. Okay, Lauren, why don't you tell us about tips for a better night's sleep? I know a lot of us can Mm. use this. Why don't you get into it? Okay, so I'm going to go through some of these, and some of these might shock you, or maybe you didn't even think of of some of them. So first thing... I'm ready. Shock me. Okay, I'm going to go from least shockable to most, like, hmm... You know, I don't know if it's going to shock you, but like, no, just I'm, I'm ready to be shocked. Okay. So, okay. First let's, thing. Let's start with the shocking. First thing, of course, is don't drink caffeine uh, before bed or, or towards the nighttime. I know a lot of people, some people are more sensitive to it than others. You know, I, I can drink caffeine pretty late in the night and be fine. Some people yeah. can't, can't drink it after 5 p.m. So it's important to limit your caffeine intake towards the end of the day. So this increases alertness and it impairs your brain's ability to sort of gradually go into that resting period. Right. So next thing that we talked about is increased bright light exposure during the day. Mm -hmm. This can actually help your help your sleep. So bright light exposure, like getting outside, getting some sun. Which is different from blue light. Right, right. Blue light is that sort of artificial light in your electronics. This mm-hmm. is getting outside, getting that natural light in. This keeps the circadian rhythm healthy and functioning, improves your sleep quality and duration. So this could, duration, like it could help you sleep, go to bed earlier at night and help you sleep longer throughout the morning. Mm-hmm. And this this one was a little surprising to me because if anything, I would think that sleep would impair your, I mean, light would impair your ability to sleep. But in this case, that natural light does help. Another thing, of course, reduction of blue light exposure at night. It tricks the circadian rhythm into thinking that it's still daylight. Mm-hmm. So like we said, night shift, like we said, blue light glasses, or just don't use any technology or electronics two to three hours before sleep. Also, it could be helpful to get consistent consistency in your sleep patterns. Your circadian rhythm aligns itself within like sort of your sunrise sunset patterns. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the sun may set at 
6 a or rise at like 6 7 a.m mm-hmm. but you know naturally for me i wake up at around like 8 a.m yeah i would say so it's sort of your own sunrise sunset patterns mm-hmm. and so and it is important to be consistent yeah so any sort of consistency also not only affects your circadian rhythm but also affects your levels of melatonin which mm-hmm. pretty much is signaling your brain to sleep so another sort of interesting one that i didn't know about is nocturia uh excess urination during the night so avoid drinking in general yeah avoid drinking in general throughout uh throughout the nighttime or before bed because obviously that's gonna that's gonna you know make make you sleep intermittently rather than one long period of sleep throughout the night i always drink a lot of water before i go to sleep and I wake up like three times in the middle of the yeah, night. Not good. Not good. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and that one, people don't really think about. People are like, oh, I'm not drinking caffeine. I'm fine. But that'll actually impair impair your ability to, you know, get that restorative sleep. Right. Another interesting one is optimizing your bedroom environment. Mm-hmm. So this could include, and people don't really think about this, having a good mattress, having supportive pillows, minimize any sort of distractions that could wake you up. Put your phone. Yeah, what are some distractions? So, like, that could include putting your phone on silent or setting your temperature. I know a lot of people like it at like 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, interesting yeah so like whatever temperature you like because if you're hot throughout the night it's going to be uncomfortable no so and and it's going to be hard for you to fall asleep if you're sweating or if you're way too cold you know so it's it's important to sort of regulate that another interesting thing mm -hmm. is if you notice that you wake up frequently throughout the night try to keep track of what is waking you up right because what i've noticed is that i wake up if I wake up from even temperature, but if it's too hot, I, I cannot fall back asleep. I won't fall yeah. back asleep. But if it's too cold, I can fall mm-hmm. back asleep yeah, like, it's quickly. So, that's so true. It's so important to identify what are your like worst triggers and yeah. what what will prevent you from falling back asleep. Definitely. Not only is it waking you up, but if you can't fall back asleep, it's really, really bad. Yeah. Um, and then probably the, and also keeping the, the shades closed Yeah. because you know, if, if the sun is rising too early, it'll wake you up early, get you one less hour of sleep or whatever. Mm -hmm. Also, this is one of the things that I didn't know about. One of the things with the most like sort of, hmm, really, um, (laughs) is alcohol before bed. And of course, for those over 21. Yeah. 21 or older. 21 or o- older to In the drinking. U.S. <laughs> In the U.S. to be drinking any alcohol. But if you're drinking any alcohol before bed, you know, this can increase the symptoms of sleep apnea and snoring. So that's going to impair your ability to sleep. Yeah. Also, it alters your melatonin production. So, you know, alcohol, kind of want to avoid it before bed. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a wrap for all my tips. And we thank you guys These so much. These are some good tips. I'm going to go home and take some notes on this. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I hope I hope you guys all get a good night of sleep after all those tips. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Today was season three, episode three. Tomorrow, I mean, not tomorrow. Next, next 
Friday. Friday. We are going, it's going to be season three, episode four. We're going to break down the third pillar of wellness. Can the you guys guess? Third pillar. We're not going to tell you. Got to guess. Yeah. Keep it in your mind. Yeah. And wait another week. Build up the suspense yeah. a little. It'll <laughs> be a good episode. We hope you guys take some of these tips and actually implement them into your own life. Yeah. You know, this can really help you get a good night of sleep and, of course, have all those medical and good. Yes, effects. definitely. And of course, whether you're a student and you're studying and working hard mm-hmm. or you're a parent, a parent, you're working mm-hmm. or anything, no matter or what, a you toddler listening. or a toddler, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe you're just came out of the womb and you want to get <laughs> and you're listening a head to White start, podcast, you know, and you want to get that head start in life. This is crucial for your functioning imperative imperative so with that being said we're gonna wrap up today's episode thank you so much for tuning in we'll see you on the next one see ya